Hey there, it's Pat Miller, the Idea Coach, host of the Pat Miller Show. This show is for small business owners so they can make their business dreams come true. Our slogan is Don't Grow It Alone. And what you're going to hear is a broadcast of our show that's carried in 25 cities around the country. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. Hope you love it. All right, let's go. America's small business conversation is on the air. It's the Pat Miller Show. One hour exclusively for entrepreneurs to work on your business, not in it. It's time to solve problems, capture opportunities, and celebrate your wins. Powered by the Idea Collective small business community. This is the Pat Miller Show. Now your host, Pat Miller, the Idea Coach. You've made it and welcome to this edition of the Pat Miller Show. I'm Pat Miller, the Idea Coach. Boy, we've got a lot of stuff to do today. So buckle in, boys and girls. Grab something to drink for hydration purposes because we are ready to get after it today. We're talking money, stages, the current environment in which we're doing business, and a super hot, sexy debate. Well, maybe not sexy, but it sounds sexier to say it's a sexy debate. So the money. In about 10 minutes, we're going to talk with Rocky Lalvani. He is a profit-first coach. If you've read the book by Mike Michalowicz called Profit First, you know that the profit-first system is amazing. It's what I use in my small business, and it's what I recommend other people use in their small business. If you're totally unfamiliar with it, it basically says when you make money in your small business, take the profit first, pay yourself first, and then operate the business with what's left. It kind of takes traditional thinking and puts it on its head, and Rocky and folks like Rocky coach people through it. So if that's curious to you, We'll spend some time with Rocky and learn more about it in about 10 minutes. We're also going to talk about keynote speaking. Would you like to be on more stages? Would you like to stand up there looking fabulous, telling everyone how smart you are, sharing what needs to be said, changing the world? Well, Amber Griffiths is the maker of legends. She knows how to help you clarify your message, get seen, and get heard. We're going to talk about that in today's show. If you want to be on stage, it's a segment not to miss. And then we're going to reflect a little bit. We're going to talk about where are we right now? Where's the business climate as we speak? Because something has shifted. I think we're officially in the post-pandemic world. Now, this isn't a debate about masks and viruses and vaccines. This is a conversation about What are people expecting from you as a small business owner? What do your clients still need? How are you networking with folks? And what should we be doing right now to meet all of those different audiences where they are so you can get the biggest bang for your time and your money so you can grow the business as best you can? So money, stages, culture, and a debate. Should we do the debate part first? Heck yeah, we should. That's clearly the most fun of all those topics, the debate. And this is a good one too. Oh, this is a good one. Okay. Next time you get a group of your small business bros together, ask them this question. 
Because this question is setting some people off when they read it online. I mean, this is pull the pin on a grenade and roll it out into a crowded room. Opinions everywhere when you ask this question. And you may, most likely, will have a very visceral reaction to the question. A lot of people do. When you see this question listed online, you know, every time it goes up on Reddit or on Twitter or LinkedIn, there'll just be lines and lines and lines and lines and lines of comments. Are you ready for the question? Are you sure? Okay, take a deep breath. Here it comes. What do you call yourself? Like, you go on someone's LinkedIn and you have to give yourself a title. Do you call yourself a small business owner? Do you call yourself a founder? Do you call yourself a CEO? Even though you might not have any employees, that never made sense to me, but do you call yourself a CEO? Or, here comes the triggering one, or do you call yourself an entrepreneur? When you see that online, people get twitchy when people call themselves an entrepreneur. Why does that trigger people so badly? I think it triggers people so badly because we've seen the fakes. In fact, there's a term for it, right? The wantrepreneurs, the people that are building a business, even though we both know they don't have a business. You work in a big building downtown and sell t-shirts on the weekends. We know that that's, no, that, no, that's not it. And we've seen enough Instagram influencers that are entrepreneurs. Like, we've seen that. Is that why people get so triggered by the word entrepreneur? Do you call yourself an entrepreneur? And if you do, that's totally cool. Call yourself whatever you like. I'm not here to gatekeep. I'm here to observe the reaction that comes when people say, I'm an entrepreneur. Because there's a whole subset of the world that's like, no, you're not. It's You see it online all the time. So if you ask me who should be called an entrepreneur, you just asked me that, right? Well, Pat, who should be called an entrepreneur? Here's what I would say. I would say my gut tells me that's a title that people bestow upon you. Like, do you call yourself an entrepreneur or do you found a series of successful companies and someone just refers to you as, oh, that Pat Miller, he's an entrepreneur. Look at all these. You know what I mean? Like it's something that someone would bestow upon you, not something you would proclaim. Maybe that's the case. Maybe not. But another thing I would expect from someone that calls themselves an entrepreneur is that this is their sole gig. This is what they do. They don't have four or five different jobs where they work for other people. They're out there running for office as their own job. They're doing their own thing. Because when you do your own thing and they're your chips in the middle of the pot, there are emotions and things that happened that can't be felt otherwise. If it's not your money, you can't really feel what small business owners feel when someone decides to pay late or you need to write a check and there might not be enough money in the account or the credit card bill comes and you're maxed out 
or the employee calls and they're sick again and you've got to work a double or you get a notification from the security system and someone put a rock through your window or it's time for your insurance to get renewed or the cost of goods sold has gone up and now you got to raise the prices or for some reason the landlord called and now you've got improvements you've got to pay for or the list goes on and on right there's always something And if it's not your house, if it's not your money in the middle of the pot, and you're faking it, isn't there a small piece of you that's like, hey, you're not an entrepreneur. You're faking it. BS. And I think that last piece is the risk piece. If you're taking a risk, if you're putting everything on the line, and someone's acting like they're doing the same, but they're not, It's kind of offensive. I mean, not like a wrong in the planet or anything, but just a little piece of you is like, oh, come on now. You're not an entrepreneur. So again, you can call yourself whatever you want. Seriously, I do not care. All I want you to call yourself is a successful operator that's making mountains of money and you're doing great and your dreams are coming true. I mean, let's be real. That's all I want for you is I want you to be wildly successful. But I do want you now that you've got your radar out on this, watch the forums, watch the message boards, watch LinkedIn, and pay attention to how people refer to what they do. When people call themselves an entrepreneur, not everybody's okay with that. It's curious and it's it's a debate. So uh, talk amongst yourselves (laughs) what your opinion of that might be. Today, we're talking about how to get you more stages. Because, I mean, even if you're an entrepreneur, you want to stand center stage and look great and have everyone know you're brilliant. But getting stages can be difficult. You got to know what you're saying, how you're different, and how to go get it. We're going to talk with Amber Griffiths, the maker of legends in about 20 minutes. And we're also going to go over the profit first system. How you handle your money is sometimes the difference between staying open and closing the business. On the way next, Rocky Lalvani is a profit first coach. He'll teach us the basics of the profit first system coming up in just a few moments. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Pat Miller Show. America's small business conversation continues next on the Pat Miller Show. You have a brand. Your business's brand is one of the most important things on your plate. As a business owner, you keep up with the trends. So what's hot these days? It's live events. Owning your small business combined with speaking at live events positions you as the expert in your field. That's where Bankable Events comes into play. Bankable Events is an event advisory and management firm with a primary focus on maximum conversion events. With more than 4,000 live events under their belt, they have the expertise to design face-to-face events that get your audience pumped up and generate profits. The minute you partner with Bankable Events, they'll start creating a customer 
customized strategy to take you from idea to income. Just think of the opportunities ahead for you. Call 303-550-1123 or head to bankableevents.com. Join over 1,000 other small business owners and CEOs who use Bankable Events to build community and drive revenue. That's bankableevents.com. Are you a woman who needs to protect and grow your business? Or do you have a secret dream to start one? I bet you do. If you don't have a lawyer on your side, you may be putting your family and personal assets at risk. I know, I know. You might be avoiding lawyers because they seem overwhelming or intimidating. That's why you have to meet the team at Athena Legal Solutions, LLC.com. This all-woman team of talented lawyers are the most approachable, knowledgeable, and friendly team you'll ever meet. They exist solely to support women business owners who often go without the legal support they truly need. In 2023, they want to help 223 women create a solid legal foundation for their business. The first 100 women who mention this ad will receive over $100 off of their LLC starter package. Visit Athena Legal Solutions LLC.com. Now, America's small business conversation continues on The Pat Miller Show. By now, you know the purpose of the show is to solve the problems that we face as small business owners. And one of the stickiest spots of owning your own small business is handling the money. It's nice to make the money, but what happens to it once you do? This is what we're going to talk about today. We're bringing on the show Rocky Lavani. He's a profit-first professional. Rocky, money, it's a problem. I assume this is something you can help us with. Welcome to the Pat Miller Show. Thank you so much, Pat, for having me. Yes, we can help you with that. So tell me about a profit-first professional. What does that mean? So there's a book out there called Profit First by Mike Michalowicz, and Mike built a business behind it because he realized that even though people can read the book, they still struggle a lot with implementation. And so he created an entire program for people like myself to be certified and to help business owners implement profit first so they can enjoy their life. And that's true in so many areas. We can learn what we should be doing, but sometimes we are more effective if we have someone guiding us. So let's talk about the profit first principles because it's been all around the small business universe, and some people aren't really plugged into this powerful system. Can you explain the overview of Profit First to us? Sure. So first off, Mike is a business owner, serial entrepreneur, classic, you know, sold his business, walked away with lots of money, bankrupt in two years because he thought he knew it all. He got lucky in the first round and he didn't get lucky in the second round. So he's like, how do we fix this problem? How do we make things correct? The first thing he realized is he was given the wrong equation. So we're told sales minus expenses equals profit. Well, when do you find out if you're profitable? Tax time? The CPA says, oh, congratulations, you made a profit. And here's your tax bill. And the two questions are, where is that money? And how am I supposed to pay that tax bill? <laughs> right? And so Mike's like, this is screwed up. So the first thing he did was change the equation. So it's now sales minus profit equals taxes. We're all told to pay ourselves first. 
But business owners have this horrible habit of paying themselves last. And that's not good, right? You, you're the one who took the risk. You're the one who went into business. It should be for your reward. And so the whole system is designed around that, to pay yourself first, to be profitable, and to handle the taxes. Okay, I kind of get the concept, but let's explain how does it work? How do you run the profit first system? Back in the day, you know, before credit cards and spending beyond belief, people actually used to get money and handle it a little bit more carefully. And your grandparents or great grandparents might have had envelopes or jars, and they would get their money and they would put the rent money in the rent place and they'd put the grocery money in the grocery place, maybe the utility money in the utility place. And when it came time to pay those bills, the money was allocated. And if they ran out of money in the grocery jar, well, you went to the back of the cupboard. You didn't spend more than you had. Mm -hmm. You got a little bit more creative. And Profit First is exactly the same system. Dave Ramsey talks about the envelope system. Same concept for business owners. When your money comes in, the first thing we do is say we're going to be profitable. So we take money out of our bank account and we put it in the profit account. Then the next thing we do is say, hey, me, business owner, I deserve to get paid first. Take money out of the account, put it in the business owner's pay account. And then there's the pesky IRS. So let's make sure we take money out of the account, <laughs> yeah. set money aside for taxes so that when it's time to pay, we can just stroke a check and it makes it much, much easier. And then what's left is your operating expenses. That's what you truly have to run your business on. You're not accidentally spending your profit. You're not accidentally spending your pay. And you're not accidentally spending the tax money. And so now we're constrained and we know what we truly have to live on within our business. We're talking with Rocky Lavani, the Profit First professional who's explaining the ideas of profit first to us and the idea of taking profit first is such a radical concept for so many business owners. But it sounds like when someone does that, it will then help control their spending on the back end. In your experience, when you install this into someone's business, how does the business owner react right away? It depends. Some are real good. Some aren't so good. But here's the thing. You get an early warning signal. Rather than getting a signal that there's no money in the bank after you already spent your profit, your pay, and your taxes, you get an early warning signal that says, uh-oh, you're out of operating expenses. What have you been doing and what do you need to change? So the whole thing is based on Parkinson's law. Parkinson's law says a business will use up all the time and money allocated. So if you come to me and say, I've got a project, the two questions are, what's your budget and what's your timeline? Whatever the budget and timeline are, that's what it's going to be. So if it's 100,000 in six months, it's 100,000 in six months. If it's 20,000 in four weeks, well, people are resourceful. And so they'll figure out how to get it done faster. And so that's the whole constraint here. By constraining your operating expenses, we're telling you, rather than throwing money at every problem, figure out how to solve it without spending more money. I know you know Jesse Cole from Savannah Bananas, right? Yeah, for sure. Minor Amazing. League Baseball team taking the nation by storm. They are actually more profitable than some major 
league baseball teams. They understood up front, hey, we are constrained in how much money we're really going to be able to make. How do we change the way we do business so that we can live within our constraints? So this is about being more resourceful. It's about being more creative. It's not about just, we're all told, oh, you got to spend money to make money. Well, yeah, not necessarily true. There are ways to do this without giving your money away to everybody. Now, the Profit First book is a really easy read, and there are Profit First professionals all around the country. Who is the right person to jump into this system? Like, how are they feeling right now that if they run to the bookstore, they go to Amazon and they read Profit First, it will feel like a complete revelation to them? How are they feeling right now before they read the book? Most people are strapped for cash. They don't understand what's going on in their their business. They don't understand where the money's going. They're, they're just struggling with it. They don't know how to read their financial reports. Maybe they don't even have financial reports. Here's the reality. Most business owners don't look at their bank statements. They don't look at their QuickBooks software. They look at their bank balance on their phone or wherever. They sign into their bank account 10 times a day. Is there money? Is there no money? Can I spend? Can I not spend? Right? Oh, I got to go sell. And, and, and that's what we do. This allows you to allocate your money appropriately, to spend appropriately, and to have real-time feedback of how much money you have to work with. Now, if that sounds like you and you wished there was a way that you wouldn't have to worry so much about the money in your business, this is a great system. It's called Profit First. Find the book by Mike Michalowicz. And when you're ready, reach out to Rocky Lalvani, Profit First Professional. Rocky, thanks for coming on The Pat Miller Show, man. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me today. The Profit First system has been a godsend for me and my wife, Abby, who runs a photography studio. And if you're not confident in your money, it's something that you should pick up. It's a quick, easy read, and it will change the way you handle your dollars. On the way next, we're talking about keynote speaking with Amber Griffiths on The Pat Miller Show. America's Small Business Conversation continues next on the pat miller show krista morrissey for choices coaching and consulting do you know where most small businesses go wrong they invest in everything except their leaders but through strong leaders comes strong business are you doing it wrong most small businesses focus on production and numbers production and numbers come through strong resilient leaders and strong leaders strengthen culture they strengthen your resiliency and they strengthen your bottom line. I develop strong, resilient leaders who will drive your business. It is time for you to refocus your investment. Go to choicescoachingconsulting.com and let's you and I start the conversation now before someone else invests in your leaders. When you invest in your leaders, you invest in the bottom line of your business. Connect with Krista at choicescoachingconsulting.com. Act now. Krista at ChoicesCoachingConsulting.com. Now, America's small business conversation continues on the Pat Miller Show. Welcome back to the Pat Miller Show. This is America's small business conversation. And maybe there's a piece of you that would like to be leading the conversation. You see other people walking across stages or maybe confidently presenting on YouTube. And you think, hey, I want to do that. I want to be a keynote speaker. Today's interview is going to help you with the secret to becoming 
a keynote speaker, and a more confident presenter. Joining us with the answers to the test from your brand by design, she's the maker of legends, Amber Griffiths. Amber, welcome to the Pat Miller Show. How are you today? Hello there, Pat. I'm so good. Thank you so much for letting me come play. So this topic is common. It's almost like the modern day, I want to write a book. It's people that want to be a keynote speaker. So we need to know this. What's the secret to going from the audience to the stage? Oh my goodness. The secret is, it's all about you. The secret is that it's not about finding the sexiest, coolest, most trending topic. It's not about having the best swag, although that doesn't hurt. It's not even about getting the right team and getting the right stages underneath you to really promote you that way. It's about who you are, being super clear about it, and deciding exactly how you want to be seen, from what stage and how you want to be perceived. I think most people, if they hadn't run into an Amber before, would not understand that's the idea. I think most people would think, I need a really sexy topic. I need a really engaging idea. I need my profit first to go out and tell people about. And you're saying it's not profit first, it's you first. And some people might not find that as the most comfortable exercise. So when you tell someone, wait, who are you and what do you want to be known for? How do they react? Well, there's a mix, honestly, Pat. Some of them say, I, I, no, I really just want to talk. I have this topic. I have my three points. I just need to get out on stage immediately. And then there's another group that says, I know exactly who I am. I know exactly how I want to be perceived. So what's the problem? But so many of us have this idea of how we're showing up, how we are being seen by our audience. And it's not accurate. It's not the best way possible. It's not how we naturally show up and express ourselves. So we think we're this really cool, fun, exciting person. And yet when we come out on stage, that's not how the audience sees us. And it's not because it's bad. It's just because that conflict, that disconnect does exactly that. We're not memorable. We're not unforgettable. We can't leverage our presence on there for more and bigger stages, for more and bigger money. So we have to start with who we actually are, how we want to be perceived. Are we fun? Are we formal? Are we a mix in between? Are we the expert next door? Are we please line up in the back and submit your questions and I'll answer them when I apply? How do we want to be seen? And how do we want to be remembered? And who, who are we? I mean, Pat, you've been in business for years. I've been in business for years. The person I thought I was when I started 17 years ago, that's not how I'm showing up now. I'm so much more clear about it. And it's so much more fun and so much more profitable because I got real. It's not what everybody else expected of me. It's who I actually am. And it's, it's mind changing. It's business changing. That's really sneaky, though, because people have a hard enough time understanding how they want people to perceive them. But if they want to be perceived in a way that's outside of their natural character and drive, that's where the disconnect happens. I think we've all got that friend that thinks they're hilarious and they're not hilarious. Or sometimes <laughs> we've seen those keynote speakers that think they're the genius and they're not the genius. How do you approach that conversation with someone that says, well, I'm the person that does X. And you're like, no, honey, you do Y. <laughs> well, I think part of it, it's, it's why so many people say, don't meet your heroes. Because we go to see you backstage and you're somebody completely different because you can only fake that stuff part of the time. You can only keep up that facade for so long before the really you is going to find its way to the surface and go, be brave, let me be seen, let me see this. I think part of it, I was at a conference several years ago and a man got up and took the stage 
and was going to speak. And as part of his speaking, the very first part of it, he brought out a didgeridoo and played a little bit on it. And that was really cool. And it was really unique. And I have no idea what he spoke about. <laughs> so I think we get really excited about getting the attention, but we, it's, it's not used well. We waste our five minutes of fame because we're so busy trying to do the cool thing instead of doing the thing that takes us from without attention to now we become unforgettable, to become legend, to leverage it, to make the money and have the lifestyle and change the minds that we really want to. So it's, let's take it baby steps. Let's get clear about it. And maybe you are 80% clear about who you are. Then before you get your topic, let's talk about your audience and what they need to hear. If you are speaking to an ex, like an extended, accelerated audience and you come out with one point out type information, you've lost them. And let's stay on that topic because we can get into what keynotes you do and what you do on stage with unique instruments and all those sorts of things. But we're talking with <laughs> Amber Griffiths, the maker of legends, to talk about the secret to becoming a speaker. And you hit on something that I think is really important. It's not only knowing who you are and what you want to be known for, but it's that natural persona and residence even if it's kind of unique, weird, and different, that's great, right? That helps Absolutely. you stand out just being whoever you are. Yeah, yeah. So many people come and say, Amber, I, but it's, I've got this weird thing and I've got this other, my sense of humor is kind of funky and I do this thing and I, I have this weird accent. You know, I'm from Utah. I speak Utonics. It's all good <laughs> because they're like, but it's not enough. What if it's not enough? And I say, oh, my dear friend, it is exactly what is demanded especially moving into this new year, the facades will not be tolerated. If we can't see who you really are, if we don't feel you, we will move on. It's just that simple. I've been looking deeply into AI recently, and I believe the things that make us unique and the things that make us quirky will become the commodity. If we want perfection, if we want it analyzed, if we want it picture perfect, that is no longer impossible for anyone to make with a keystroke. But if we want unique and different and something that we don't expect, those are the things that our personalities will bring. I think it's even more important now than ever to have that unique personality, the, the, the different way of approaching things. So helping someone get clear on who they are naturally and what they want to be known for, let's say they get past that point. How do they go about picking a topic? or an area of influence that they might be able to get some traction in? I usually start with uh, sticky notes because they make me happy and because they can be moved around and discarded and rewritten. So I would start with something that lights you. It's not enough to just know a lot. There are a lot of people that know a lot of information and are boring to listen to. They are just, I mean, we've all had those college professors. It's just hard. They know their stuff, but they're not good speakers. So find a topic that lights you up that you can't stop talking about. Like, if you don't know what that is, ask your friends. They'll tell you. They'll tell you that topic that you won't shut up about. They have a record of. Start there. Start there. This is a really good opportunity, too, to, as you're deciding who your audience is. Because you may think you want to talk about A, but you are so excited about B and that really is what your audience wants to hear about anyway. So if it lights you up, if you have stories that apply to it, if you have 
they're called case studies, but really if you just have really good examples, whether that was you or somebody you knew or your uncle Ted, whatever that is, something that you would want to listen to. That's the kind of stuff, I mean, your audience wants to hear the stuff that excites you. Let's leave with this. I want you to tell us a success story of working with someone who didn't know they were a keynote speaker. They weren't in touch with who they were authentically. And then they found it and they realized, oh my goodness, the possibilities are endless. And they went out and won stages and grew. And you don't have to like tell me exactly someone's name or anything, but just can you think of a story like that? Oh, I still can. I hesitate to tell this one because not everybody wants to be a TED speaker. But placed in, in place of when I say TEDx or TED, you put your big stage, right? And maybe your stage is just in front of your 10 most ideal clients ever that are excited to invest in you and excited to change their lives. So I worked with a woman who was a coach, very much lifestyle, had a very select, very niche audience. And she said, I think there's more in me. I think I have this story, but what if it's not enough? What if this isn't the story that I want to hear? We worked together. It took a year kind of off and on because we get it going and then she'd freak out and go, I'm just going to go back to do a coach. <laughs> it took a year, but she landed her TED talk. And it's amazing. Nicole is one of my favorite, favorite stories because she had never spoken in front of a group. All of her coaching was one-on-one. And then within 12 months went from, I speak to one person in a quiet room to I'm on a TEDx stage. It's the power of knowing exactly who you are and how you want to share your passion. And how you share that amazing thing about you that nobody else can do the same way you do, that makes a great speaker. And that's the secret to becoming a great speaker as well. The maker of legends, Amber Griffith from Your Brand by Design. Thanks for coming on the Pat Miller Show. I appreciate it. Thanks so much. It's been my thrill. Now you're locked and loaded to go get more stages and become famous. Just remember us when you're big time. Will you please? Let's talk about the business culture that we're in. It's a little different now than it was during the pandemic. What is changed and what you need to do about it? We'll talk about that coming up next on this edition of The Pat Miller Show. America's small business conversation continues next on The Pat Miller Show. Developing your business is a journey. So make sure and bring along a trusted sidekick. As your business grows, Sidekick Accounting will be there. Sidekick Accounting's core services help take the confusion out of bookkeeping, tax preparation, and tax planning. Who's going to keep track of all those pesky receipts and invoices? Well, Sidekick Accounting has things covered as you grow your version of business success. So whether your small business is a side hustle or a conduit to freedom and owning your own business in time, get in touch with a trusted Sidekick. Sidekick Accounting. There are expert advisors waiting to hear from you now. Feel free to call or send a text message to 414-310-7689. That's 414-310-7689. You can find them on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram, or visit Sidekick-Accounting.com. Remember, developing your business is a journey, so bring along a trusted Sidekick. Now, America's small business conversation continues on The Pat Miller Show. Welcome back to the Pat Miller Show. This is America's Small Business Conversation. And it hit me the other day that, boy, things are different now than they used to be. And normally when you say a sentence like that, you're sitting in your rocking chair and, boy, when I was young, things were different. 
And the last few years, while they felt like decades weren't decades, they were just a few years. But I believe that the pandemic has really changed our perception of the business landscape. And now that's changed back just a little bit. So I want to talk about what's changed and what we need to do about it. But to get into this conversation properly, I want to step into the Wayback Machine and go back to the pandemic and what life was really like before, during, and now after. Do you remember March of 2020? If you're a small business owner, raise your hand, not if you're driving, raise your hand. Do you remember what that felt like? The pandemic hit every business group that you're involved with, closed their doors, and nobody knew what to do. Like, nobody knew what to do. I will never forget sitting down and opening Zoom for the first time. Do you remember seeing your big, dumb face on the computer screen the first time you opened your Zoom? Like, oh, my, I look like that? Oh, gosh. And then it sounded like you were, like, in an echo chamber, and you could see the cat running behind you, and, like, that you could, the lighting was terrible, and they were looking up your note. Like, do you remember that feeling of how awkward and weird everything was? In addition to seeing your big dumb face on the screen and trying to keep up business relationships through a computer, you also had to do everything alone. Yeah, those screen relationships were good, but at the end of the day, you closed the laptop and you sat back with your cup of tea and thought, there's no one here with me. That took a while, really, to get used to. I mean, you had no one to celebrate with. You had no one to collaborate with. You had no one just to vent to. And we didn't know what was going on. Do you remember hearing about the PPP for the first time? What's a PPP and why do I want it? I'll never forget that. I'll never forget having extended calls where we were debating, could we reopen our business and if so, how? Curbside pickup. Uh, contactless delivery, all of these things that many people had never had to think about were now required because we were sitting at home, staring into a computer, sitting on webinars, and we didn't know what to do. That's how it felt. And it was awful. A lot of us, me included, we kind of stayed in that mode all through 2020, of course, all through 2021, even into 2022. And late last year, it really started to dawn on me, okay, the landscape is changing quite a bit. Let's really go to school and figure out what is changing and how we need to change as a business so we can keep the good stuff that came out of COVID, and there was some good stuff, and let go of all the stuff that didn't serve us any longer. So what has changed since the pandemic to now that we need to react to. And I think the headline in big, pink, beautiful Las Vegas neon lights is everyone's perception of time and place has changed. That might not be the sexiest Vegas marquee, but the way we think about time and place has changed. Everyone's, you know, 
filter of hassle has gone through the roof. Before, we never would have blinked about putting on real pants and going out to a meeting because that's just what you do. But now it's like, wait a minute, do I have to put on real pants? Do I have to go to that meeting? Like our perception of hassle has gone up. And time and place has changed quite a bit because here's where we sit today. During the pandemic, the only way we could communicate with people was to sit on a Zoom or on a telephone call. And we sat on so many Zoom calls that now everyone, I think, is chock full of Zoom fatigue. Zoom fatigue is real. I don't even know who I would sit on a 45-minute webinar for right now. Could you imagine? It's happening still, and we are still doing webinars, but boy, our tolerance for it has gone way down because we've just seen that movie before. Oh, my gosh. And many people were excited that in-person networking is back. Because when you're in the same room with someone, you can make a really wonderful, authentic connection. In-person networking is awesome. So we think about time differently. We think about place differently. We think about Zoom differently. And in-person networking is back. And in-person customer transactions are back. So knowing all of that, how do we need to adjust what we do So we can take advantage of today's business environment. So understanding the awareness of time is really a thing. I think we have to be really selective about where we ask our customers to spend time. In fact, I would recommend that you go into an incognito window and go to your website and see how long it takes to understand what the heck it is you do or how long it takes to order whatever you order. Or order something from your company and see how long it takes to get there. Think about that customer experience and the value of time. Another thing I would say is, yes, Zoom fatigue is real, but don't abandon it completely. Because Zoom did one awesome thing for us that I don't want everyone to forget. Zoom made us accessible to people beyond folks in our driving radius. During the pandemic, I met people from all around the country, all around the world. And working with those people in the Idea Collective, blatant plug, but working with those people made my life better. I learned from them. And my business is better because of them. So yeah, don't be on Zoom all the time, but don't abandon it. A strategic way to beat Zoom fatigue is something I'm embracing, and that's asynchronous content. Asynchronous content would be a class or a message board or a club, something that your people can consume and engage with you on, but they don't have to sit there in real time and watch it, or they don't have to go watch the replay in real time. Take what you do and put it into an asynchronous format so people can get what they need when they need it and then move on. Our environment has changed, and there's nothing we can do about that except adapt and meet people where they are right now. That's what I'm trying to do every week here on the show. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Will you join us next week? You will, right? Right here, same station next week. I'm Pat Miller, the Idea Coach. Thanks for tuning in to America's Small Business Conversation. We'll see you next time. 
Thanks for listening to The Pat Miller Show. See patmillershow.com for more information on today's guests, events, and the Idea Collective small business community. A worldwide group working together to fight fear, inexperience, and isolation for small business owners everywhere. Join us next week for The Pat Miller Show. And remember, get clear, work hard, and never quit. Guests on The Pat Miller Show have agreed prior to appearing that they are receiving consultation and advice that they may or may not use at their own risk. No part of the show should replace accounting, tax, or legal advice.